the third Sunday in Lent, in the year of our Lord, 2024. A reading from John, chapter 2. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once again, the reading was from John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Zeal isn't the most common word in the English language. Zeal isn't the easiest word to define either. Dictionary.com, the Oxford English Dictionary, and the Merriam-Webster Dictionary all define zeal as eagerness, enthusiasm, or fervor for something. But I don't think it was eagerness or enthusiasm for the temple which consumed Jesus and drove him to cleanse it. Going a little deeper, the word that we know as zeal was usually translated in the Old Testament as passion, envy, or jealousy. God himself was known in the Old Testament for his zeal. When giving the commandments in Exodus 20, conveniently our Old Testament reading today God said this about his zeal. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Since God is a jealous or zealous God, Whenever his people worship idols or other gods and break the first commandment, God's zeal is provoked. All of this led Martin Luther to define zeal as an angry love or a jealous love. Yet not anger that arises from hatred, but anger and jealousy that springs from love toward God. 
This sense of zeal we see from the Old Testament fits better with what drove Jesus to cleanse the temple. The zeal for God's house which consumed Jesus was a jealous love focused on God and on maintaining his honor in the face of ungodliness in the temple. Such ungodliness can be seen in the oxen, sheep, and pigeons being sold in the temple. These animals were the ones most commonly sacrificed in the Levitical sacrificial system. Yet that these animals are being sold in the temple demonstrates the commercialization of that system. Instead of raising the animal from birth, transporting it tens or even hundreds of miles, and all the while maintaining faith that once it has been offered as a sacrifice, God will still provide. Now the animal to be offered can simply be purchased at the temple without a second thought. All this demonstrates the ungodliness of the people because they're simply going through the motions of the sacrificial system, doing it in the easiest, most convenient way possible, making sacrifices simply because God told them so, and not honoring God or thinking about how he is making them holy through the sacrifices. The ungodliness at the temple can also be seen in the presence of the money changers. The people were required to pay a half-shekel offering to the Lord, which came to be known as the temple tax because this offering went to upkeep of the temple. But the emphasis with this was still on sacrifice and offering to God. As long as the tax was given with a faithful, trusting heart, God didn't care how much it was, nor what type of currency it was. Yet the religious leaders required the tax to be paid in shekels, coinage without human images. And so they set up the money changers, who charged outrageous exchange fees to change other currency into Israelite shekels. Again, this demonstrates the ungodliness of the people, and especially the leaders, because they're missing the point of how maintaining the temple tax and main, of how they're missing the point of how paying the temple tax and maintaining the temple sets them apart as holy to God. Instead, the leaders especially are simply looking to make money from the temple. And the regular people are still just going through the motions of paying the temple tax because they have to. Because of all this ungodliness, because the temple has become a place of business, because the people are just doing what God said out of routine, and not to grow in faith toward God, nor to be holy like God. Jesus' zeal is provoked. And in order to restore godliness, 
in order to return the temple to being a holy place, in order to remind the people of their holy God and their own holiness. Jesus, in his consuming zeal, cleanses the temple by driving out the animals, overturning the tables and pouring out the coins of the money changers, and commanding that his father's house not be made into a house of trade. Yet, Jesus was not the only one with zeal in this story. The Israelite religious leaders had zeal, had jealous love for the systems they had put in place at the temple. Their zeal came from good intentions, that is, desiring to follow God's law. But in their zeal to perfectly obey the law, they lost sight of why God gave the law in the first place. Thus, the zeal of the religious leaders led them to do the things God commanded, but not to do them with faith or trust in God. And so, when Jesus cleansed the temple to restore its holiness, the zeal of the religious leaders caused them to question and demand a defense of his actions. What sign do you show us for doing these things? And in Jesus' response to this question, we can see that he has zeal for more than just the temple. Jesus replies, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Here the evangelist John reveals that Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body. And according to the Apostle Paul, Now you, are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So just as Jesus' zeal consumed him to cleanse the temple in Jerusalem, so also his zeal consumed him to cleanse the temple of his body, to cleanse you. Jesus' consuming zeal to cleanse you, to make you holy, to restore you to God's favor, led him to do the will of his Father and to offer his life as a sacrifice for you. Jesus was destroyed through his suffering and death on the cross to redeem you from sins and to show you God's steadfast love. And three days after his death, Jesus was raised to life to save you from death and to demonstrate God's zeal, to give life and salvation to all who trust in him and the atoning work of his Son. And now Jesus' zeal continues as he strengthens us in faith and holy living and leads us away from ungodliness. By his zeal in baptism, Jesus cleanses us from sins, makes us holy and righteous, and gives us faith. In his word, Jesus guides us in holy living through his law and gospel and reminds us of his and his Father's zeal and steadfast love for us. And by his zeal in his supper, Jesus conforms us to him 
and feeds us his own body and blood for forgiveness, holy living, and life everlasting. So now, because of Jesus' consuming zeal, which led him to save us, we should have our own zeal for Jesus, his Father, and his Holy Spirit. And Lent is a particularly good time to reflect on our zeal for God, our jealous love for God. Is God the only one we fear, love, and trust in above all things? Or are we making God jealous by having idols and false gods? Are we living a holy, godly life, following God's commands, especially those given in Exodus 20? Or are we engaging in ungodliness and intentional sin? Are we doing all things out of faith in God and love for him? Or like with the animals in the temple, are we just going through the motions, coming to church because it's the thing to do on Sundays, and looking for easy, convenient ways to be faithful? Are we fully trusting in God to provide for us and sacrificing ourselves for him and for our neighbors? Or like with the money changers in the temple, are we more caught up in concerns of this world? As we reflect on these and other questions during Lent, may we be reminded and comforted that zeal for God also means we repent and return to him. And his zeal for us means that there is immediate absolution and forgiveness to our faithful repentance. The English pastor and Anglican bishop, J.C. Ryle, preached this about zeal. A zealous man in religion is preeminently a man of one thing. He burns for one thing, and that one thing is to please God and to advance God's glory. If he is consumed in the very burning, he is content. He feels that, like a lamp, he is made to burn, and if consumed in burning, he has but done the work for which God appointed him. May you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have zeal for God and burn to please him and advance his glory. At the same time, may you be comforted that God's own zeal for you led him to send his son who burned and was consumed by zeal, who did the work which God appointed for him, who advanced God's glory by dying in your place, and who pleased God by showing you steadfast love, saving you, and making you holy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Having heard the word of God, we continue by confessing our faith using the Apostles' Creed. 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. God's richest blessings to you this weekend and this week ahead.